Welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast, your monthly source for conversations and curated content to improve your law practice with your host, Rocky Deer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the State Bar of Texas podcast. We are recording live from our State Bar annual meeting in Austin, Texas. This is your host, Rocky Deer. Joining me now, we got four amazing panelists. We've got Michelle Cassidy, Megan Lavoie, Jennifer Doan, and you've heard him before, Judge Roy Ferguson. Joining us here today, we're going to be we're going to be talking about post-pandemic court proceedings, a topic they they just discussed earlier today here at the annual meeting. But first, let's get to know our guests a little bit. So tell us a little bit about, about what you do, where you work. And Ferguson, we're going to wait till the end with you because I think we all know you already. All right. So, all right. So, Michelle, tell us, tell us where you work and what you do. Yeah, I'm a reporter with the Texas Law Book. I'm based in Houston, and my beat is mainly civil litigation in Texas. I think it's cool that you're the only panelist we've ever had that says my beat is. Like, that's awesome. And and speaking of speaking of beats, here's somebody who doesn't miss a beat. Megan, Megan Lavoy, tell us what you do and where you, where you work. Yes, I'm Megan Lavoy. I am the administrative director for the Texas Office of Court Administration, as well as the executive director for the Texas Judicial Council. And I've been in this role for about a year and a half. And prior to that, I was director of public affairs and special counsel for our agency. And we work with all the courts across Texas. So your, your agency was the one that helped Texas be the first one to go completely to Zoom when COVID hit. We were. We, yeah, you guys were awesome. It was a, a huge undertaking. And I, in our panel earlier, I was saying I wasn't a believer at first. And I'm glad that uh, I was proven wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this the, the, it worked out very, very well. So thank you all for what you did. Jennifer Doan. Yes, sir. My beat is. Oh, uh, oh you, you had <laughs> to go there. Grab on that you one. had I to like go that. there. I know you did. So I'm a trial lawyer and I practice throughout all Texas and um, state courts and federal courts throughout Texas and Arkansas. We're home based in Texarkana, which is a twin city oh, with course. Texas and Arkansas. So, yeah. um, you know, and Arkansas is not that big of a state. If anybody from Arkansas is listening, it's yeah, right. to that. It's just it's, it's, geographically sure. smaller. So we <laughs> practice throughout all over the state, both state and federal courts. Very well. Judge Roy Ferguson. You're a veteran here, so we, we feel like we know you, but go ahead and remind us. Uh, my purpose for being on this panel is I'm the judge of the 394th Judicial District Court out in far west Texas, and our court is an early adopter of technology yes, of every kind. If we, if we can figure out how to do it, we do. If we can't, we get a pilot program and they teach us how to do it. So uh, that's why I think I'm, I'm here with the rock star panel, uh, just sort of sweeping up behind. Well, so, you know, Judge, we'll start with you because, you know, you've been you've been in the news for a couple of things that have happened in your court when when we went online during the pandemic. And you were, if I recall correctly, you were in charge of helping to train other judges in Texas on how to use all this technology that they were suddenly having foisted upon them and becoming more adept at things like using Zoom and using remote proceedings as things have moved into a post pandemic world. Are there, are there new challenges? Has the practice of law evolved from your perspective as a judge? Kind of walk us through your experience. So Texas was so early, such an early adopting state. Yeah. And, and Megan's predecessor was, David Slayton was really a huge part of that. Absolutely. Uh, he launched us within three days of knowing the lockdown was coming into this virtual world. Uh, so Texas is three million virtual hearings passed. Everyone knows what they're doing now. 
so as in Texas, what we're trying to do is take what we've learned that worked and make it an option to make our system better. But in the rest of the country, there are states who are just now toying with the idea of using remote proceedings. So sure. those of us who were involved in Texas's quick development of remote proceedings, we're now going to other states and teaching them how to do what it is Texas learned how to do in 2020 and 2021. So, Megan, this might be a good time to kind of have you chime in, you know, from, from your vantage point. You know, of course, yes, we had David Slade on the podcast to talk about our, our efforts here in Texas to go fully remote. As we move past that, what do you think are going to be the new challenges when it comes to technology and, and how we harness those in this post-pandemic world? You know, so something that we were talking about on the panel is hybrid proceedings, where some of the participants are in person, some of the participants are on Zoom, and our courtrooms are not set up for that right now. Sure. It's all or nothing, basically, right? Either right. One. I mean, there might be a TV screen, but I mean, we're talking about audio capabilities, a camera that can move around and and see multiple vantage points. So I think that is what we're looking at in the future, is transforming courtrooms for that type of technology. Also, you know, changing hearts and minds about court proceedings uh, or remote proceedings and showing the benefits uh, where they work and where they don't work is is something that we'll be focusing on in the future. Now, Jennifer, you're a trial lawyer. So in a sense, you're the one having to react to all of this, right? You're having to adjust. Talk to us about about what it was like to adopt to an all remote setting during the pandemic and how how your practice has evolved since then, now that we're exiting or have exited, depending on your viewpoint, now that we're kind of past the pandemic. Sure. How has that changed? So, I mean, I have to tell you, and I know I've told Judge Ferguson this several times, I am not a proponent of all remote. I mean, I think it was great to be able to move the ball forward for our clients so that justice could be moved forward for everyone. Sure. Um, but And so everyone would have access to justice because that was a problem if we right. all shut down like other states did. So great during the pandemic is kind of Yeah, so, but I mean, I'm from the east side of the state, and so right. our federal courts never closed during pandemic. And so I had, you know, a full-blown jury trial for Amazon in August of 2020 when most of the courts weren't doing anything yet sure so and then we were the first county Bowie County which is the far northeast county of the state to come out of the pandemic because our area wasn't quite as affected as Harris County or Travis County etc and there's 254 counties in Texas and we're all sort of really different right (laughs) Um, but what I like is that you know some of the technology that we developed um, in courts really pushed us ahead a decade really quickly so that all of a sudden you're able to do other things that you wouldn't have done before. And while not every state courthouse, like Megan said, is equipped for this technology now as we sit here, you know, the new Travis County Courthouse is. And so if you look in the new uh, county courthouse in, in Travis County uh, here in Austin, right. I mean, we have roving mics. They're all over the courthouse so that everybody can be heard. We have cameras that are fully integrated. We have screens. So if you're bringing an expert, say you've got an expert from Europe or something like that coming in that's really expensive for a one-hour right. witness, sure. you know, you want to bring them in remotely. You tell the jury about it, obviously, during Vordire, and we were talking talking to the jury, but they can come in on a really big screen. The great thing about a big screen for witnesses coming in remotely, everybody can see that witness. It's great to direct that witness, and it's great to cross that witness. When you've got them on a little bitty TV screen or a little computer monitor, it's very difficult for the for the jury to really see all of that. So when you've got an in-person jury, you 
we really like that. But there's great things that we've we've we talked a little bit about on the panel before that have lasted since the pandemic. Like we now have jury qualification that's all remote, sure. so you're not bringing in unqualified jurors that are taking up time, and we also don't waste their time either. You know, or rack up fees, or rack up fees know, for all that. Hours. So all of that is remote now. We also have um, remote jury questionnaires, which I really like as you know as a trial lawyer. We have jury questionnaires that are agreed to by both sides, sure, and so they all go on social media. So they're answering those questions, and we get those in advance. So it really helps move quickly the voir dire process. And, you know, as a plaintiff lawyer, you really like that. So you're not just asking, what's your first name? What's your right. last name? How many kids do you have? Where are you from? You know, that what kind do you of do? thing. Yeah. yeah, what's your spouse do, et cetera. All that can be done remotely. It's all still very confidential with the trial lawyers and with the judge and with the court staff and with the, the jurors. But um, when we get that advance, it moves really quickly through the process. So it's very nice. Now, Michelle, you're a journalist, so you're you're seeing this maybe from a different perspective. Some might say maybe at a higher elevation because you're looking at this maybe throughout the state. You know, you're you're having to report on these issues. So, how in your in your view has the courtroom changed pre-pandemic, during pandemic, and then post-pandemic? I would say that you know Texas is large geographically, so sure. in early COVID. Um, the early embrace of the Texas courts using the Zoom technology and live streaming proceedings really enabled me to cover courts more effectively, I felt like, than I had ever been able to do before. Okay. Um, more access to more hearings. For example, I couldn't get to far west Texas to cover a hearing the same day that something was happening in Harris County, um, but via remote proceedings, I could do that. So, so that was... Uh, that was really nice. Obviously, some of the courts that were reluctant to embrace the technology initially have taken the decreasing number of COVID cases as an opportunity to also decrease access to the courts. I understand that sometimes there are security, security concerns about why you wouldn't want to live stream a proceeding. Sure. But I think generally speaking, it is a good thing for people to see how their courts are working. So is it fair to say that we don't have a uniform approach anymore to the extent to which we allow remote proceedings to move forward? I mean, if, during the pandemic, I think everybody was on the same page. We're all going remote. It sounds like now the counties are kind of doing what they, and it might even be judge to judge, doing what they want. So are we, are we becoming more disparate now in our approach? And, and do you think we need to have a more unified approach? Do we need some kind of regulation or guidance on the extent to which remote proceedings should be allowed to proceed. So, Michelle, we'll start with you. It sounds like you, you might have a thought on that. You know, I, I think that there is an um, important reasons to let the judges have discretion on, on what should be or could be live streamed and what what shouldn't be. But as a as a proponent of open courts, obviously, I'm going to I'm going to be on one side of that spectrum. But yeah, I, I think that there could be more uniformity. But I also think that you want to let the judges make decisions based on I mean, we've, we've heard from judges today, even earlier in the panel, talk about uh, death threats that have been received based on certain decisions to live stream. So, you know, there are considerations that I don't have firsthand experience with, and I wouldn't want to say that I could make that decision for that judge. Fair enough. Okay. So, now, Jennifer, we'll, we'll ask you next, since, since you're a practitioner. Sure. To what extent do you think we need to try to get more uniformity? Well, so I definitely think it's, it's judge-to-judge dependent currently now. Um, and I think there's a difference between civil trials with disputes between people and then criminal trials, sure. which may be more secure. And I don't think that, that there's any uniformity or on um, opening that with criminal trials at, at the current, but there 
some judges may. But on civil trials, I think it's really different because some proceedings, I think, are, how do I say this? So if you're having it by Zoom anyway, like on a proceeding with the pro se person, or you're having um, just a prove up hearing, or you're having a dispute that both sides agree are totally fine to have by Zoom, then usually those are pretty much fine and not, there's no security issues in a civil case. Sure. But there may be some issues where there are security issues or there's a whole lot of other issues at play here right. that may think that the lawyers are playing it up for the cameras and not representing their client their well. Sure. And I think that's a real issue. We heard from last weekend in Santa Fe, the lawyer that represented Kyle Rittenhouse. And you'll remember, mm -hmm. he was the um, younger, um, he was a minority, uh, a minor, when he was out there defending, um, I can't remember exactly what state it was in, but he had an right. AK-47 or whatever, sure. AR-15. And the jury ended up acquitting him, but the part of the trial that was live and then there was so much coverage of it right. and the reporters opinions of what should happen that the majority of America thought I can't believe that all of a sudden this guy's being acquitted so I think you I think the judges need to be able to self-assess that and a hard regulation might not fit might not allow every that. case with every judge right judge Ferguson what's what's your take on this do we need do we need more uniformity or are you are you happy with letting judge, judges kind of use their discretion you know what we have now is a uniform rule Sure. And it lays out a uniform standard. The application, I don't think, can be made uniform because the reality of every case is that the lawyers know it and the judge doesn't when they come to us. Every witness is different. Every client is different. Every hearing is different. If we prescribe the way that judges have to exercise their discretion, we are taking away from the lawyers the ability to tell us what we should do. Hmm. And... The judges that I think are most at ease with, with this hybrid or remote world that we're moving into are the ones who acknowledge that it's the lawyers who give us the information we need to properly exercise our discretion. It's always true, no matter what the issue is. It's no different with this issue. And so because the rule is so new and legislation is still being passed or vetoed as we sit here sure. in the last week, Lawyers have not yet incorporated advocating under Rule 21D for remote as a, an active part of their case. They're going to start seeing that this is a long-term preparation, just like discovery, just like everything else they do. They have to be preparing for how to use these options to best present their case. And as they get better at it, we get better at it because we don't have the interaction yet. It's so new. Uh, but I think that the rule that we have empowers the lawyers to ensure that they get to tell their judge what's best under their facts and, and their case and requires the judge to exercise that discretion in a certain fixed range, perhaps. Uh, so I like the rule. I think we're all going to get better at it as we learn how to apply it. But 21D deals with whether to have a remote proceeding or not not necessarily whether it's going to be live streamed or not. So there are two different issues there. Okay. Well, guys, lots more to talk about, but it looks like we've reached the end of our program. So I want to thank you guys for, for joining us today. This was, there's a lot more to discuss, and, and I think you've left the, the listeners wanting more. So thank you all for being here. Thanks, Rob. Thank and you, Rob. If our, if our listeners have questions or they need to follow up, what's the best way to reach you guys? So, Michelle, we can start with you. 
I guess, email. Do you want me to spell it out? Please, <laughs> okay. go for it. <laughs> uh, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E dot Cassidy, C-A-S-A-D-Y at texaslawbook.net. Awesome. Okay, Megan? Um, you can contact me at Megan Lavoie at txcourts.gov. It's Megan, M-E-G-A-N dot Lavoie, L-A-V-O-I-E at txcourts.gov. Nice. Jennifer. And you can contact me at our firm, and my name's Jennifer Doan, and my email is jdoan at h-a-l-t-o-m-d-o-a-n dot com. And Judge Ferguson, we know you're on Twitter, so there's a Twitter's an easy way to reach me, but I think the best way is through the court's website, which is texas394th.com. Wonderful. Well, guys, that is all the time we have for this installment of the State Bar of Texas podcast. Again, I want to thank our guests for joining us. Thank you all. And I want to thank you for listening and tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcasting app. I'm Rocky Deer. Until next time, thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Go to texasbar.com slash podcasts, subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find both the State Bar of Texas and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, the State Bar of Texas, Legal Talk Network, or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.